Welcome everybody to the Summit Up Podcast. This is where we talk about movies, shows, games, and whatever else we want. I am John, and I'm joined by my good friend Chris. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. Chris, how are you doing today? Uh, how am I doing? I'm very sad that Tom Brady owns Florida. I just, I just, it hurts me. As a Dolphins fan, it, it hurts. I know this is sports, and we're not here to really talk about sports, but I had to get it off my chest that Tom Brady is a bad man. That's no, a, okay, I have, I have actually have a sports thought. No, that <laughs> sounds so naive. Uh, no, so he's just a snowbird. He was living up north. And then winter hit, and he moved down south, and now he's vacationing in Florida, and he's probably going to move again after a while. It's the worst type of Floridian. It really is. The one who <laughs> moves from the from the frigid north and comes down here. It really is. Like, native Floridians hate it, but you know what? How did we get here? How on earth yep. did we get to Florida in the first place? Our parents are from different places all over the world, and they came here, and they're like, we like it. Let's have kids, and then me as a native Floridian, I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so that's a thing. And that's all the sports talk for today. Thanks Mm -hmm. for joining with us, guys. Thanks for joining. Speaking of things that have to do with teams, uh, one of the first things I wanted to talk about, yeah, man, we're going to, segues are going to be on fire again. Um, So the Suicide Squad is done. It's cut. It's ready to go. James Gunn came out and confirmed this. And one of the other things that I, I think I can't remember if this was like an AMA or if it was just people asking him on Twitter, um, but he he came out and made sure to specify that all of the creative decisions were his, that he felt like the studio was creatively amazing. They were very supportive that if they had any notes, it was basically with the caveat of, hey, here's our thoughts. You can do it or you don't have to. And so he took the notes that he wanted to and he left the ones that he didn't and I don't know. The entire thing just kind of felt like it was staged. And I, I think he's he's a good team player. And I, I think he's being genuine. And I think that he was given special treatment. Um, but I don't think this is DC uh, turning a corner and somehow out of nowhere just being completely creatively independent from its filmmakers and giving them much more creative control. Um, I think this is is just uh, like um, crowd control for the previous DC films that have come out. Uh, but I wanted to get your thoughts on his initial remarks about the film. So three things. Number one, your your segue, eight out of ten, and that's not a, a regular eight out of ten. That's like an IMDb eight out of ten, so it's pretty good. Uh, Ooh. Yes. So number two, when it comes to him coming out and saying all these things i initially think that i don't believe it because if that's the case why aren't aren't directors left and right who work for warner brothers who do the dc thing talk about how amazing warner brothers is uh and that brings me to my third point which is that james gunn is doing this that he got special treatment for sure because he comes from a successful franchise and what he did with guardians of the galaxy and also he's just trying to stick it to disney it's that thing where it's like when you're when you're out you know and you see your ex and you're with a new girl and you talk about how great the new girl is blah blah blah, and your ex sucks when it turns out that the new girl beats you just as hard as the ex so you know (laughs) i mean 
I, I'd have to disagree with you. I don't think that he's using it for leverage to get anything from Oh, no, no, no. I don't, I don't think he's using it as leverage from Disney. I think he's just doing it to be like, Disney, these guys were great. You know, uh, like, it's just kind of like a he controls the narrative and give the big finger to Disney. But he could, he still works for Disney. He still rehired him. He just wants to have a little... He's venting. He's basically venting. Just... I mean... Yeah. Do you think it could be more of like a PR move um, just to say like, look, I am a great creative. I am a great filmmaker. And uh, and and so anything that may have been said uh, in error in my past that I've apologized for has no direct effect on the movies that I make now. No, I don't I don't think I don't think doing that gives you leverage because he's he's outwardly saying it. The movie hasn't even come out yet. The movie could really be bad, you know, so whether you whether him coming out here and saying that, I think it's just him just kind of giving the wag of the finger to Disney. be Like, you should have never fired me because now I can say all these things and you already have me on the books for another movie later on. So I can do whatever I want at this point. And so, yeah, he's entitled to that because the rest of Twitter and I shouldn't really be saying that, but, you know let's say MCU fans saw what he was getting accused of and were like, all right, he apologized for it. He says it's just ridiculous. And Disney's like, no, we must cut ties with him because these people are right. And then everyone was like, are, are you serious? Like, are you going to go with cancel culture? And Disney's like, yes. And then all everyone on the cast was like, we're not doing another one. Blah. You know, you need to bring James Gunn back. And then Disney realized their faults. So I, I really don't believe this is to get more benefits from Disney. I think it's just, it's just, you know, getting a little of that, uh, that, that stuff off your chest, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, what I, what I do wonder about too is, um, just kind of thinking long term, uh, outside of just the Suicide Squad and, and the Peacemaker show that he's kind of producing and, and heading of, uh, so, with future films that he is not directly involved with, um, like maybe Man of Steel 2 or the future Batman films or anything else DC related, where I don't think the other directors are going to get that same kind of special treatment. Are we going to then have more of like backlash comments saying, well, well, James had all of this special treatment, but suddenly I've got all this creative. Uh, I don't have as much creative control over my film that I as as he did for his so uh why don't why don't the executives trust us like do you think this is going to cause more dissent uh down the road well i think it really depends on what james gunn wants because in his contracts you know if the movie does well he does well so when it comes to which studio is he going to go with it might be more you know white might be more of an incentive to go with marvel because those movies are going to make big money so why not stay there than you know kind of go to warner brothers which if you're a director and you're looking at warner brothers and how they treat your directors you're in circles you can ask other people so how they treated you during the process what did they do you know james gunn you know we could speculate that he got special treatment we don't know for sure but it seems like that to the rest of us given the track record with other directors so Within that, I would believe that James Gunn is smart enough to ask other directors, so how does the studio treat you? What are you allowed? And all this other stuff. Because 
I really just want to do this to give the middle finger to Disney. I'm going to come back anyways to Disney and stuff like that. But am I going to come back to Warner Brothers? It, it really just depends. I think I do think that if James Gunn wanted to come back for like television, that might be a better option than doing movies because... Right now, the movie division of Warner Brothers, uh, not on the highest of mountains, especially in the DC realm. Yeah, and, and you know, James Gunn strikes me as the kind of director that is going to pick projects based off of what is creative, creatively fulfilling for him. Because, like, as a guy who's come up from an independent background, I don't think that he's really in it for the money. I mean, he he got to tell a great inventive and creative story with the guardians franchise and i think he's being able to he's able to do the same type of thing with suicide squad um, and really have a story that's um very directly tied with uh to the comics uh with what makes those characters special and what makes the suicide squad unique as a team or teams i I guess as depending on what we're going to get with the film um but I, I don't think it's it's necessarily about like um, trying to find whatever studio pays him the most. I think it's going to be, I'm going to make a film based off of what I think needs to be told. And if this studio doesn't want uh, to give me that those opportunities, then I'm going to go tell a similar story over it with the other one because maybe they'll give me opportunities that the first one wouldn't. Yeah, and... You know, I I didn't necessarily say that he's going to do it for money. I'm just saying if he wants to. But it does come across that I I really want to see how these comments age when the movie comes out. Because if the movie bombs, that would be really funny. And that would be a very bad look for James Gunn. Where it would be one of those things that, hey, you know, he's not, he's like a Tom Brady. He's a game manager. He's not going to throw it down the field 40 yards, 50 yards. He knows the coverages. He knows where to get his talent to. He's a manager of personalities, puts together a great film. But man, without that Kevin Feige, he's nothing. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's going to be the conversation if this movie just tanks it in the toilet. I mean, honestly, I, I don't know that the studio would have given him a Peacemaker TV show for HBO Max if they felt like in any way that this movie was going to tank. John, they gave Ryan Johnson three movies. Well, did they, though? They did. They said and they, they were. They did that, and the movie had not even come out yet. But that's what I'm saying. So they, they so, so announced that he was going to do it, but they never actually filmed anything, but they're filming Peacemaker right now. Remember, remember our discussion about... Remember, what was it, two weeks ago when we talked about how Lucasfilm and Warner Brothers are very similar, but Lucasfilm learned from their mistakes and Warner Brothers hasn't? Yeah. We got we got to wait. We got to wait. You, you <laughs> don't, you, you, you can't, you can't give this person, you can't give Warner Brothers hope. You got to, you got to put their face in the, in the mess they made, you know? You got to let them learn their lesson. If they keep on flopping, they're going to keep on losing money. What, don't, don't be the sympathizer who's like, you know what, Warner Brothers, you keep trying. Here's your participation award. I want to go see your trash movie because I I think you're doing good job. No, if it's a bad movie and you know it's a bad movie before you go, don't spend your money. Don't do that. Make them lose your trust 
like a natural person would. And they already have lost my trust. They've lost your trust. Don't give them the participation award, John. Let them flounder until they learn how to swim. <laughs> well, I guess my last question with this is, do you think that we are in like the minority of, of feelings about this? Do you think that basically like with what he said, do you think that he made a difference in the majority of fans? And do you think this is going to boost confidence in the film? Or do you think people are like us are kind of starting to see through those types of comments where we're like, well, that feels like it was very studio motivated and he's just trying to be a good team player. But in, in reality, it probably wasn't exactly like what he's saying. I think people who follow both DC and Marvel and I, I think people who believe that Warner Brothers has really royally screwed up are going to take our opinion on this. But I do think the majority of the audience, the grand majority really did not hear these comments or really just don't care. It, mm-hmm. It's it's kind of one of those things where people who follow DC, people who follow Marvel, you know, they're, they hear about this thing called the Snyder Cut and it's got them intrigued. Like, is this going to be a commandment, the sto- commandments on a stone coming down from heaven? Or is this going to be just a smelly, disgusting trash fire coming from newark new jersey because i say newark because i've been there it's pretty nasty i imagine it's just a big dumpster like of just terrible chemicals oh it smells like smells rancid it's disgusting and i imagine that thing's gonna be on fire is that and that's the snyder cut and i guarantee you a majority of people who go watch movies have no idea about the snyder cut don't know the significance of it don't really get the hype it's just out of sight out of mind despite how much hbo is trying to promote it on their on their streaming service like when we had it for a month it's like oh do you like justice league and it's like winking at me vigorously to like stay tuned for a march and i'm just like i i really am not so that's that that is my opinion nobody really cares uh or or nobody really knows at the time no one's gonna really pay attention uh, except for the people who are actually following. And I think they kind of fall in line with us if they have criticisms of Warner Brothers. Yeah, no, I, I think that's totally fair. You're right. I, I don't know that the average Joe uh, is is following the drama that follows uh, Warner Brothers or James Gunn or, or Marvel or anything. Um, and I, I, I think in the end, I mean, I think the reviews are going to speak for themselves and uh, really set the tone for the film. Personally, I'm optimistic, and I, I I just feel like he's going to make a good movie. And just from behind the scenes, uh, film and and uh, pictures that we've gotten, I just it really feels like he's capturing the heart of something good here. And maybe it's just the optimist in me that doesn't want my hope to die. Uh, I don't want to kill it if I have to. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I no, I I think I am optimistic as well. I just bring up the scenario of what if it's bad. Yeah, like that would be ironic and hilarious. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, Kansas City was really confident and then big bad Tom Brady just took it away from them. You know, you can't you can't get cocky. Don't get cocky, kid. You know, you know, exactly. And speaking of things being taken away from someone uh, and given to somebody by a higher power, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, and in that regard, I'm talking about Captain America's shield. And I'm going to say two out of government. ten. Two out of ten. That's fair. That's fair. That, that I tried was, a little too was, hard. That was it like, was... 
fruit by the fruit by the foot roll up kind of stretch that was not good yeah it was wordy yeah i could do better um anyways so uh during the super bowl marvel only dropped one new trailer for all of their new content that's coming out and in production and that was for falcon and the winter soldier we got a a, a legitimate first trailer not just a teaser um so it's going to start march 15th um which is going to be two weeks after wandavision ends there's going to be a week in between and they're going to do uh the marvel legends that's the release that's going to happen they're going to do a legends for falcon and a legends for winter soldier and that's what's going to get them into the next week um it's going to run for six episodes but they're going to be longer than wandavision uh, and these ones are going to be between 40 to 50 minutes long um i had a chance to watch the trailer a couple times I I want to get your thoughts too, but I think overall, um, I think they're really leaning into the whole buddy cop comedy kind of thing, and I hope that that's not like the majority of what the show is going to be. Um, it really feels like they're taking a couple moments that were good in uh, Captain America: Civil War, and really trying to stretch those out. Um, and like I get it, like these are two characters that had a mutual friend and now are kind of like intertwined and their legacy of preserving the Captain America mantle. And, um, and I get that they're gonna, they're not always gonna see a high to eye. They're gonna, they're gonna clash a lot. Um, but I hope that it doesn't like trip over itself trying to be something that it's not. Um, I don't know. What are your initial thoughts on the, the trailer for the series? So let's say three things. Number one, you could have let off with Super Bowl. You said it in your opening bit after that terrible segue. Speaking of Super Bowl, let's talk about that trailer. You know, I'm just saying. Just a little bit. Just a, oh, just a nice critique. I was right there. You I'm were sorry, right Chris. there. You were on the goal line and you just got smacked. Just like uh, what happened to Tampa Bay that one time, but they still won 31-9. to Anyways, uh, moving on. Second thing, I would have to say that this trailer did not really grab me. If anything, it lowered my expectations a little bit just because of the marketing they did with this trailer. They revealed Zemo. Why? Why do you have to reveal Zemo as a villain? Is that so people can search up who this guy is beforehand so they have expectations when they're going into this movie or this show? No, it's better for you to reveal Zemo naturally in this. And from then, you have search traffic going off the walls. You have Twitter reacting. Because some people take Twitter seriously, you know? Fine. Go there. Now, you get these conversations going by doing that. You're introducing just so many things to this trailer that I don't... I just... I It doesn't make me care about it more. You have the staring contest bit. Kind of dumb, honestly. I it It just didn't really fall into the place I thought it was with that first trailer. Uh, thirdly, uh, talking about the trailer compared to the first trailer, the first trailer kind of reminded me of like a big journey. There's going to be a lot of struggles between them and an outs outside source. And then in this trailer, I kind of felt like it was, you know, Hawkeye and the Winter Soldier fighting each other. Which is just, it felt like a different tone overall, so. Wait, 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 Hawkeye? I mean, not Hawkeye, you're right. The other bird one. The other bird one. When it comes to, it felt like the Falcon, it felt like the Falcon and Winter Soldier were, were the ones who are fighting each other. And it just, it didn't really 
hit for me in a way I wanted to. And you mentioned like buddy cop and yeah, you can have that comedy. You can have that Starsky and Hutch type of type of jive, but don't, don't change the tone of these trailers too much. Cause that's what killed the suicide squad. <laughs> uh, when it was like very serious, dark, and it seems like, Oh, people are going to die left and right. It's going to be gritty. And then they showed the second trailer. And I was like, what, what is this? It's like clown music and, and just bright colors. It makes no sense. So I Marvel, don't do this to me. You're doing a good job with WandaVision as far as trailers. But I, I completely could be wrong here. And I hope I am. Because I just, I saw the trailer and I went, meh. Like, I'm I'm more excited for Loki. Because that's going to be weird and off the walls. I don't know, John. Like, did you really... Did you feel something in your loins for this trailer? Did you get excited? I mean, so that's the weird thing is that this feels more like an MCU film than WandaVision or Loki. And I think that's why I don't like it as much. Yes. Because I like the yes. weirdness and the exploration of different themes and genres and styles. Um, and and this just kind of felt like Winter Soldier Part 2. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. Or not that this is going to be a bad uh show but it just felt like it felt like a rehash of types of of the types of things we've already seen before um i mean so we're looking at villains for the for the show we've got um like you said we've got baron zemo coming back in all of his purple glory we've got um uh uh john walker uh as the u.s soldier u.s agent that's the one um and who is basically the government's appointee to take over the Captain America mantle. Uh, and he kind of is, is eventually going to go dark. We've got um, the group of, of villains with uh, the masks with the hand. And they're called the Flag Smashers. Um, it's, it's a whole thing from the comics that's supposed to be about a person. They've made this into a whole organization that's like anti-nationalist type of group. Um, kind of interesting given today's climate. Mm. And then... We also have a return of Bartrock the Leaper uh, and probably a very minor villainous role. So it's flooded with villains, uh, which is which is fine. Too much. I mean, you got it, it is a little too much. And granted, like I don't you don't know how much uh, each one is going to uh, star in each episode, but it's six episodes with already four villains that we've listed off. Um, also, we have uh, Sharon Carter coming back. We have confirmation that don Cheadle is going to be uh, a war machine which is probably going to tee off for the um, armor wars show that they're also setting up um it it kind of just feels like we're pushing this in a bunch of different directions and i mean they've done a great job with wandavision so i think they get a little bit of leeway because of that but i think with just the amount of things on paper that they have to cover in six episodes, um, I think it's going to be a rough, it's going to be a rough amount of content to balance. Well, yeah, it reminds me of when, when you bring up the trailer and how it felt like a normal Marvel movie, watching the first trailer made me feel like the excitement I did when I saw the, the captain marvel trail is like oh this looks like it's gonna be pretty cool like the music rocks and just like the look of it yeah it's weird and then i watched the movie and i was like huh there's a lot missing in this i feel like i feel like i it's not as exciting and i feel like that's what 
happened when I watched the second trailer for the show. And you mentioned, yeah, they introduced four villains. They introduced four villains. And they focus on the stupid therapy thing between, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like, that just seems, it's just, it's it sounds confusing. And, you know, you said give them leeway. I will, because it is Marvel. They have gained my trust, Warner Brothers. It's called gaining trust. Gaining trust. So they get the benefit of the doubt. But as it stands right now, I am not really uh, overhyped. I feel more underwhelmed, and we'll see how how that goes. You know, and I don't know if you've watched any of um, uh, Anthony Mackie's other films, especially the ones that have been out on Netflix. Uh, he, I don't really feel like as a great lead actor. Um, I think he just kind of, like, the charisma feels forced, and it just doesn't feel uh, as natural as I, I think I would want it to feel. Um, and I think when you have a character like the Winter Soldier, it naturally, like, he's naturally just a very dour kind of character. And he's, he's what, 104 years old, uh, uh, technically? He's he's seen some stuff. He was an assassin. He's been mind-controlled. Like, he is a dark character. And um, Falcon is supposed, to, I guess in this, he's supposed to be, like, the, the contrast to that and kind of the counterbalance to it all. And it just... I don't know. I'm I'm a little discouraged because in a lot of other things that I've seen Anthony Mackie in, that type of levity doesn't really come very natural to him. Um, so I'm I'm wondering how genuine it's going to feel when when in the show, or if it's going to feel like they're both striving to be Captain America and still falling short. I'm more excited for Don Cheadle than I am for Anthony Mackie. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, no disrespect. Well, it is disrespect when I'm saying it's it's true. I'm I'm putting down Anthony Mackie, but I just I, I want to when I saw that first trailer, I just saw Anthony Mackie like in a scope of things going through the canyon and there's missiles coming after him. I was like, oh, man, I really feel for him now. when this has happened. And he's kind of like talking mad crap to to the to Bucky. I'm just like, why? Why are you doing it while you're doing this cool scene? It just doesn't feel doesn't feel hero-y does that make sense it doesn't feel like a a hero-y movie because that kind of stuff is reserved for guardians of the galaxy and for this i we're talking about captain america and his legacy they're throwing his shield around i want i want that kind of captain america uh what's the word i I want that hope Mm -hmm. you know because rebellions are built on it I want, oh. yeah, it is. Yeah, I want that hope, and I feel like with these two together, I'm not necessarily gonna get it. I think Agent Carter, uh, Sharon Carter, will be great. I think she's gonna change the dynamic, maybe for the better between those two. And uh, you know, Sebastian Stan, like you said, he's kind of dour, maybe a little bit depressing. But I really do. I really do, at the end of the day, enjoy Sebastian Stan's performances through the things he's done in the MCU. And yeah. while yeah, and while it is like a good foil, maybe for Anthony Mackie and how his character is written for Falcon, I, I just didn't believe it really in the, in the in the trailer. I feel like the buddy cop thing should be different instead of them being buddy cop where they hate their partner. It should be like they become brothers. And but that's just a style choice of mine. And I, once again, 
I gotta give Marvel the benefit of the doubt. Maybe I'm a stupid, dumb idiot for saying that, but it's just it's just what I see is what I see, and I would hope for, you know, something a little bit uh, not having to be Buddy Cop. Like, when has Buddy Cop ever really been good except for the other guys? The Lethal Weapon? Yeah, Lethal Weapon, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think about comedy, and I think about the other guys. <laughs> well, Will Ferrell and, and uh, oh my gosh. Don't Mark do Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Marky Mark. I should have called him Marky Mark before we got to Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, how those two just hated each other, and their lives are just... They're they're so opposite, but they get the job done. You know, if that's what I get out of this, I'd be happy. But I don't think I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get somewhere between the other guys and like a Band of Brothers type of movie where they where they want to fight for each other. I just I think we're getting in the middle there, which might not be a landing point. I don't know. I will say, out of all of the Marvel TV shows that they've announced, I think this one probably has one of the if not the highest potential for a sequel series um or at least a season two um i don't i don't see wandavision having a, a season two i think this is a one and done um loki potentially but i think if you have a season two it just traps him in that in that area um and in that like situation and i think he's going to have to evolve beyond that armor wars is a very um like enclosed story uh, we've got She-Hulk that could probably have multiple seasons as well. If it's going to be like a, like a lawyer type of sitcom kind of thing. Um, yeah. And Miss, Miss Marvel could potentially have multiple seasons. I mean, she's a young hero, um, kind of learning, learning the ropes on how everything works. I mean, I could see that being multiple seasons, but I think the majority of, um, of the content is not meant, I think it's supposed to be a limited series and, um, maybe this first season we just show them kind of working through uh a lot of the trials that they have to get through to become good partners by the end and then maybe season two we get deeper into the villains that they've introduced we get deeper into their relationship and you really see them working together as a unit um uh, so i don't know I mean, it, it's got potential and like like we, like we keep saying marvel has earned the benefit of the doubt um, I, th- I think that they are great actors. Um, I think everybody involved is a great actor and they have a great team. I think it's just, I think it's just the writing so far. And it's the um, marketing team. It's the marketing team who put this trailer together. Cause the first one had me sold this one, not so much. Well, that, and the fact that like now in Marvel's phase, phase four, we're really honing in on the secondary characters beyond just the primary six Avengers that started it all. And we haven't really gotten a lot of like individual screen time to see them evolve as people. So like with WandaVision, like we're really getting into the nitty gritty of them as people. And it's really interesting and getting to see their own dynamic. And so with this, I mean, it's got a lot of room to grow. And and hopefully we're going to see aspects of these characters that we haven't seen before because we haven't had the screen time to do it. Um, so that gives me hope. And I mean, if they, if they can pull this off, I think they can pull off almost any other show and Marvel is, is set up for decades of more of success. You think Sebastian Stan is a really good actor? I haven't seen him in anything else. I, I really do think he is. I think especially, okay. If you just focus on the winter soldier character, um, I think that he portrays like the nuance of like this, like war torn, uh, like, uh, a veteran 
who has been through so much, who lost his best friend, who essentially died and it's brought back as like a mind-controlled assassin and then has to cope with that and has PTSD from it and it is trying to fight that internal struggle of, of is he good or is he always going to be this winter soldier? Um, I really do think that he handles that well and um, and brings kind of like a quiet torture to it. Um, I, I don't know that... It, I think it would have been cheesy or maybe just too blank with a lot of other actors doing that role. Um, but I, I don't know, man. Like, I really thought that he handled it well and he's got, like, the fitness for it. Um, I, I think that he plays all well off of other people. He's a good lead. I, 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 really, I really do believe in Sebastian Stan. I mean, I... I can't believe you extrapolated all of that from his performances. I would say he's very serviceable, but I haven't seen enough. Like, I I feel like I feel like you're looking at Leonardo DiCaprio, and I'm looking at Plank from Ed Ed and Eddie. <laughs> but you know, I that's the thing. I haven't seen him do enough with the character, and that's that's not his fault. That's kind of like his character isn't really implemented to show a lot of those emotions yet but we might get it but i don't know if we get some nice character arcs in this show i think that'll go a long way yeah yeah absolutely um yeah so i like i said like maybe this is a one and done maybe this is a multi-season type of show uh obviously we're still in the early stages and we don't really know what's going to happen long term with marvel tv but I I have nothing but good, uh, um, I don't know, I don't know, I don't want to say that, but I'm optimistic at least. Um, so I guess, I guess you could say that you could really bet on, on Marvel TV, um, and yes. it's, it's not really a gamble at this point, because they have such a long-standing history of, yes. of great content. Um, and one yeah. thing that you don't want to gamble on, though, is, is GameStop at this point. Nine, and... 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. I was going to say 9, but 10 out of 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Great job. Good uh, good job, kid. One in a million. Oh, man. Oh, man. We Great got shot, that. kid. One in a million. Now let's blow this fucking guy out of here. That's not the verbatim, but you get what yeah. I mean. Yeah. So what we're trying to say through all that is, uh, given the recent debacle of the GameStop stock fiasco. Now you know how uh, hard it is to say. Oh my gosh, yeah, you're right. Uh, Netflix has decided to pick that up and create a movie out of it. Uh, kind of um, uh, the social network-esque type of movie, I'm sure. Uh, so it's it's starring Noah Centineo. I think that's how you say it. Um, he's also going to be the guy that's playing Adam Smasher in the upcoming Black Adam movie. Uh, he's going to be the lead character, Mark Boll. Uh, is a screenwriter he's done films like the hurt locker and zero dark 30 which given Uh, those movies and gamestop it's it's gonna be an interesting dynamic about how he how he chooses to write this um we also have other studios that are picking up types of or similar types of content with this gamestop stock fiasco story Uh, i'm trying to think of other creative ways to say that but it's obviously this was a major event and i think is worth telling in a movie or some kind of series i mean it was uh, i i think to be able to do it in in a creative way is going to be difficult but we already have plenty of other movies like it i, I whew, 
Chris, is this something we need? Is this something you want? What What is this? Two words. Martin Scorsese. <laughs> Give me... This is it. This is your opportunity. I know he already did a Netflix movie with uh, with Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro being these old, old men in The Irishman. I get it. I understand. Maybe he doesn't want to come back to Netflix, but Netflix, you gotta wrap this guy in and get him to this. This is this is right up his alley. And I know Wolf of Wall Street, people are gonna say, you know, they already did it, but man, this is this is where it needs to be. You need to redo it, you know? Like talk about a director who's gonna do this project. You gotta get Martin Scorsese there. I, I mean would he consider this to be cinema is, I guess, the bigger question. Absolutely. Absolutely he consider this to be cinema. It has rocked the foundation of of trading. The implications, too. I don't know why they're announcing a movie now. Why don't you want to wait for the SEC to do things? You know, why they'll wait for the class action lawsuit. You're jumping in the pool too early. Netflix is like, we got to shoot our shot. <laughs> you should wait. Hold the line, like they like they were saying about the stock. Hold the line, don't <laughs> don't just jump in just yet. Hold the line, wait, take a deep breath. Netflix, we have not seen the cartoonish consequences yet. Yes, the stock has crashed, and it's still higher than it was. But it people have sold it off. But you know, it's like. What happened today where Tesla invested in Bitcoin? It's like now now people think it's a casino. There are so many more consequences coming. Just wait. Why are you doing this now? That's not how history done is done. The Egyptians don't, you know, anoint Hepchetsu to the to the throne and then she gets erased for history forever. You're not going to make a movie about someone and then your artwork's going to be worthless and, you know, what was she on the throne for like 10 years, 15 years? You might not know that fact, but I do. No one in the audience, <laughs> all three of you out there know exactly what I'm talking about. But I'm just saying, don't be too early to write the story because there's going to be so much more. I, I don't but know, John. Am I wrong? But Chris, if you're not the first one to tell it, then you're the last. Who's going to tell this story? I mean... Uh, who was who was it that I saw? MGM is also working on uh, a type of uh, movie or a series about this. You I mean, trust I, MGM I, to do this? No, 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 no. And I agree with you. I think I think we're trying to tell, like, trying to create a movie when we're not even like halfway through what actually is transpiring here. We're still in the middle of the story, and I get it. Like, I, I, I think you're right, and that we should wait to see how this all plays out so we have a better perspective and can tell the full story and not just the flashy part that everybody kind of jumped on in the initial part. Um, it reminds I mean, me of this story where a small studio, very small, you might have not heard of it, called Lucasfilm, uh -oh. saw the screening of this movie, small movie, by Ryan Johnson called The Last Jedi. And they, before it came out in theaters, they were so confident. They gave him three more movies. They gave him a trilogy. And it blew up in their faces. You've never heard. Uh, now, Ryan Johnson's name is a laughingstock amongst the Lucasfilm fans. 
No one knows when his movies are coming are coming out. He doesn't know when people ask him. He's like, I have no idea. Is it ever going to happen? Probably not. Just think about it, Netflix. Don't, don't just jump into that pool yet. Don't Scrooge McDuck yourself into solid coin bath and break all your bones. Because that's what you're doing. <laughs> that's what you're doing here. You're tempting the film gods. I mean, I... I don't know that I I want to see a movie like this yet. And granted, like it's it's like the screenwriter just got tapped, so he hasn't even written it yet. There's still a whole bunch of other pre-production has to go through before it's ever going to be shot or seen by anybody. So we we've got some time, and I don't think that we're going to have complete closure over this whole situation by the time it's written and shot. Uh, but hopefully, we'll have a little bit better perspective. Um, I mean. I think if of all the places for it to go, I think Netflix is probably the one that's going to uh, get it done first, just because like they're just about pumping out content. And this is something that people liked. So they, I think they can fit this into, the, into their algorithm pretty well. Um, I don't know that there's going to be a huge demand by the time this is out there. That's the other thing too, is, is trying to pre- predict the trends of what's popular two to three years in advance. And will the story still be flashy enough to bring people in? Um, I mean, the social network, it was kind of interesting, but it was, I think, really set the tone for any future movie like this uh, to where it's not it's not as new. It's not as flashy anymore to tell a, like an introspective story about the, the beginning, like the genesis of something. Um, so is there really going to be that much of a call for this two to three years down the line? absolutely absolutely this trans so many this transcends so many industries number one you've got the wall street community and you've got the retail investors this is a huge story for them because they flipped the script the other community in this is gamers the story behind gamestop and how they thought they were an essential business in boston during a pandemic so they could keep their stores open because people wanted to buy video games because they were going to be at home. So they forcing their workers, they had to be shut down by police officers to close down their stores because they're not essential. That is huge. And their stock was so low that it's you bring that community. All the sports businesses that had hedge fund ties and the people on the other part of sports who were going after these people who were championing these retail investors you've got the sports world you've got the gaming world you've got the wall street world and it just people have never heard of gamestop this is on the front page of the bbc news john that's how you know it's big when the rest of the world has to read about it and this story is just gonna get wilder over the years so in three years people are gonna be like oh yeah what did happen with GameStop? And so I think this is a fantastic story to keep a hold of. This is going to be great because guess what? No one likes Wall Street. No one likes hedge funds. This is Joffrey level villains. This is where this you could not ask for a better event to tell a story for. And I mean, an in real life type of story. I know people talk about the social network. Oh, it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you hear about this company called GameStop? (laughs) 
that had its that had its stock go up like th- like thousands of percent within a within a few days just to just to stick it to the hedge fund guys that, that's it it's great it, it, the story writes itself it's astounding how did we not think of this i mean that that's a good pitch i you, but you've i'm you've just won me over did, i've won you over i'm telling you someone hire me but anyways i i do have to ask you john mm-hmm. if not martin scorsese who do you pan to direct this and i've got one in the chamber that i think would be really great but i want to see if you can if you land it i i kind of think ron howard would be great i hate you <laughs> ron howard why i mean i mean okay i think he tells a good um especially when he's in charge of the story and he's not picking it up halfway through to try and fix the mistakes of somebody else um i i think he's good with like introspective narratives um and like good character arcs i mean let's be honest it's been a while since we've seen a good ron howard film but he did apollo 11 um i think that's a great film and that's a good precedent to go off of um i don't know before i get to myself too into a deep here who who are you gonna pick i thought of a better one as i was gonna originally it's quentin tarantino Oh my! That's that's. It doesn't have to be bloody or anything, but this is hilarious. The dialogue he would write for this would be so good. Well, who's your other pick? Edgar Wright. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I could see that. I mean, yeah, because because Edgar Edgar Wright and Edgar Wright when he directs his stuff, he involves a lot of music, and while his cuts and his editing are so brilliant to comedy i think his editing style would be great for a story like this when you have like a bunch of ceos or hedge fund managers whatever is going to happen in the future like at a panel for like a to see to see these people be in front of uh a congress committee uh, uh like a judicial committee to be in front of judges would be so funny It'd be the pinnacle of of levity, like for Edgar Wright to do something like that. Well, if we're talking about that, then what about Taika Waititi? Just no. in, in like the sense of like this extreme, I mean, it's almost comical of what happened. Um, and just like the crazy dichotomy of, dichotomy of, of having this like banking investor type of situation, but with GameStop. Like, I, f- I feel like you're right. Like that naturally lends itself to be a little bit more comedic. Um, do you think maybe that's a little too far in that direction? I haven't seen mm, Taika has. I think of Jojo Rabbit when I think of Taika, and I obviously I think of what he did with Thor Ragnarok. I think he has so much. I, he has great comedy timing. He's better with the physical and really like threads of comedy and how it lands but i just like edgar wright's style better i like edgar wright's framing i like his editing of quick hits and his camera angles and how he uses like visuals like uh, like a uh, post-production he his use of post-production in a picture is fantastic and i just 
I just got to think that it's a better fit for Edgar Wright than it is Taika. I'm not saying Taika would be a bad pick, but I'd be, I'd be risked if I, if I didn't think there was someone who was better. And I think there are people who are better at it than Taika in this type of scenario. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, yeah, like I, I definitely agree. I, I think whoever they pick, it's going to have to, I mean, it would almost have to lend itself to be a little bit more comedic. Um, and I, I can't, I would hope that it wouldn't just be like a very somber, serious uh, type of piece. So I don't know, man. I mean, that's we, what you're getting with Ron Howard. Oh, maybe you're right. Um, I mean, we also have time. And you know what? Let's pick an unknown. Let's just say an unknown gets it. And this is their, this is their chance. Uh, Netflix is, is great at giving people a lot of opportunities. It's just one of those opportunities. Well, what kind of unknown would you what what smaller director would you give this to but that's what i'm saying that's the whole point of an unknown chris is that you don't know who they are you don't see them coming it's a cop-out is what i'm saying is that i don't have to pick an answer then because i can say an unknown who's the showrunner again for uh rick and morty uh dan 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 uh, Harmon. no dan Harmon. is it dan Harmon? yeah yeah not to be confused with Phil Harmon. He's dead. <laughs> yes. That's what I thought too. Yeah, so Dan Harmon, I think, could could do this story too. That oh would my gosh. that would be wild. Because it I'm, is incorporating sports, video games, Wall Street. That'd be hilarious. Let's be real. This is already gonna become a Rick and Morty episode. He doesn't have to direct a whole movie about it. That's true. You bring up a very valid point. Why go through those hoops and ladders? When you could just put it on your show, Rick and Morty, it's gonna be exactly. I, it's probably on South Park too. I, you know, I haven't watched South Park in so long. I, I would be curious to see their full episode on this, or if they do the rare, you know, like part three episodes that they've done before on on events that are just really well done and very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, um, pandemic mixed with uh, economic turmoil. Um, I feel like Rick and Morty and South Park are already handling that pretty well. Um, speaking of a lot of hoops to jump through, uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about today was we got a little bit more information about Raya and the Last Dragon. Five out of ten. That's fair. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna finish middle of the road. We're not gonna end it too high. We're not gonna end it too low. We're just gonna be comfortable. We're just gonna we're coming to cruising altitude here. Um. <laughs> Uh, so we already knew that it was coming out March 5th for the premiere access. Uh, what recently came out was that it was also going to be released to the public or released, uh, to the general Disney plus public on June 4th. So the way it's going to work out is we're going to have March 5th premiere access. You pay $30 along with your Disney plus subscription and you get it for any amount of time, uh, that you can download it wherever you want you can have it for as long as you have a subscription uh it's yours to keep it's your thing um that goes all the way into may may it gets pulled from premiere access so if you already paid for it you can keep it you can watch as much as you want in may but it's not going to be uh purchasable in may for Mm -hmm. premiere access and then in june it comes back for all disney plus subscribers without the premiere access so two months on, one month off, and then it probably infinity on uh, for everybody. Personally, 
I think this is a little bit better, uh, having a three-month gap uh, rather than a one-month gap like they did with Mulan. That was just ridiculous. So I guess they've learned a lesson? Question mark? Um, and I, I don't know. I'm curious to see what this is going to do for the numbers if if three months is enough of a, of a gap for them to still make a ton of money off of this or if people are just going to wait and they're just not going to be as invested. But I mean... I kind of like this movie, and I'm really excited to see it. So, I feel like I'm gonna pay thirty dollars to see it, and that's just that's just gonna be that. I don't know, man. What about you? I don't like this move because if Disney they're releasing this in theaters, right? Uh, partially, maybe in in other worldwide markets. We, we forget, we forget. But yeah, it, so why would you do it? Why would you keep it on? Why would you do that to where it ends the same time it would in theaters and then it goes right to streaming or it goes right to streaming if you sign up for Disney Plus? I know that's an incentive to get people onto Disney Plus, but you could do it a different way. Why not extend that three month period to a five month or six month period? Because at that point, if somebody says, I don't want to pay $30 to go see this on the on streaming i'd rather just go to my movie theater that makes people rush to the theater before it gets out of theaters and then they have this 30 30 paywall in front of them and they have to wait until it becomes free if they want to get it for the lowest possible price you know and for people who don't want to wait they'd rather just go to the theater uh i just i'm very confused by this move by disney because you gotta sign. You have to sign up for the service, right? And then pay the thirty dollars, just like Mulan. You're shooting yourself in the foot here, Disney. What are you doing? We've talked about this before. Uh, I just, I just don't like that. I, I think the move of keeping it off streaming for a month is smart. Between the release of when it'll be free, I get it. That's that makes sense. But everything else around it just, it seems like they're. They're doing a lot of trying between what happened with Mulan and this. Like they're they're like, well, what if we tweak it just a little bit? And I just I don't think they're doing enough to get the sweet spot. They're making very very small adjustments, and I think it would they'd have to do this maybe four more times before they find the right formula. Yeah, I'm still a big fan of what your pitch was about um, just having a paywall, but for anybody. So anybody that anybody can come and watch this movie. You don't have to have a Disney Plus subscription. And it would just, I think, be a lot more open and welcoming to the general public and not just the Disney Plus family uh, who are already paying, what, 7 to $12, $15 a month, depending on the plan that you have. Um, so, I mean, I, I think... This is a better movie to have Premiere Access for than Mulan was, um, just because I feel like it's going to be a better movie in general. I mean, I, I think it's going to be much better received um, than Mulan was. So I I think it's good to have three months between, um, uh, especially just two months of... Because, I mean, I, I think one month, anybody can wait that long. You don't have to watch a, a live action remake of a cartoon immediately. You can wait 30 days. Um, but to wait 90, I think, is going to be a bit more of a stretch for some for some consumers, myself included. I mean, I if it was just a month, I would just totally wait. It would not matter to me at all. But 
having to wait three months for what I think is going to be a potentially great film. Um, I would like to see it sooner than that. Um, so I'm, I think I'm going to go ahead and just bite the bullet and do it. I'm not going to like it. I'm not, I can't say I'm happy about this. Um, but if they can find that sweet spot, like what you're talking about and, uh, set up future films the same way, I think at least while COVID's going on, I think they've got a winner. I think you're going to regret it. We'll see. I mean, I haven't, I haven't pre-purchased it yet, which, okay. Side note. Can you pre-purchase it? That's the thing. You can go and pay for the pay for the thing right now, and you get no added benefits. You only basically save yourself like a fraction of time the day of that it gets released, or when you actually want to go watch it and then watch it, or pay for it and then watch it the same day. So you can go buy it. You can pay thirty dollars right now and then wait. And that that that's the thing that I don't understand. Like if you're going to pre-purchase something, you should get an added. You should get some kind of benefit for paying early but they haven't done that yet mm. so that's kind of also a step in the wrong direction for disney mm. this is an issue that the video games industry has when it comes to like oh you know pre-order and get this bonus and then it turns out that the game sucks so you just basically wasted 60 dollars and you spent an ace an extra 20 dollars to get like a dumb hat in the mail yeah uh what a weird move for a movie i i don't like it i i really dis have strong disdain for this move <laughs> and you know what maybe that's another reason why uh marvel is kind of laying off the the talk about trying to do this uh or like any kind of release on disney plus because they're gonna let the rest of disney kind of take the brunt of trying to figure out where that sweet spot is so they don't get their name associated with this because i mean if if Black Widow were to come out and do this tomorrow, I can't say I would be very excited at all. I think I would be more disappointed than anything. Are are all these moves being done by Bob Chapek? Bob Chapek. Uh, Bob Chapek. I would, I would assume he at least has a good hand in it. Yeah, because I, I just don't think I would get this from Bob Iger. I, yeah. I feel like this has got... got uh, what is it? Like... Th- walt disney world like greedy hands all over it like ah you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna make people pay four dollars for dasani water (laughs) i'm gonna put them everywhere so that you're gonna have to buy water there's gonna be no water fountains like (laughs) if you want to buy a lightsaber it's gonna be two hundred dollars not a (laughs) hundred and every time you go to those kiosks where they got toys everywhere your kids are gonna want to buy them and you're gonna have to pay money (laughs) I don't know. I just, I, f- I feel like Bob has got his hands all over this. this I didn't realize that uh, Bob Chepek was also a Smurfs villain. Oh, what was the Smurfs villain that old guy called? What was his name? Uh, you know what? That brings up a very moderately interesting question. Uh, Why is Smurf? it moderately interesting? Because I, I don't really care. But now that we're asking about it, it's Gargamel gargamel yes bob chapek you know gargamel you know i I would agree and kathleen kennedy is the cat (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly she's turning a corner she might join the smurfs we don't know you know she might she might get her own house and they all might treat her nicely you know it just uh really depends what happens in the future man 
You know? Yep. Yep. She could join Dave Filoni and and uh, and John Favreau in 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 the Smurf in the Smurf Village happily ever after. Uh, she won't, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're not, they're they're closed for business. They're quarantining there. <laughs> um, nice. But uh, so that's it for us. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, Chris, do you have any kind of final thoughts about anything we've talked about today? A segue earlier for the story of Stonks into Raya could have been speaking of people who don't have any idea how to use their money, Disney and Raya. <laughs> just giving some pointers. Cause now what we're gonna do is at the next on the next podcast when I lead it, you're gonna have to uh grade me on my on my segues. That's fair. You know what? We should uh when we when we set ourselves up for the segues, we just take a time out you know talk it out amongst ourselves and then just edit it out so that way when we actually do it the execution is perfect no no i think we need to grade each other i think i think i think the wrong long running bit is that we suck at segues and we're just going to critique each other until they're perfect all right well i got a 10 out of 10 this week so you got to top that next time i mean you got a 2 out of 10 at one point so i don't know averaging out averaging out you got a 2 out of 10 and 8 out of 10 a five out of ten, and a ten out of ten, and a ten out of ten. I w- I would say you're pushing like a six point five out of ten. Okay, all right. I'm I'm good with that. That's passing. Um. All right. So thank you guys so much for sticking with us this week. We'll be back, and Chris will be in the driver's seat next week. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.